0: Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod.
1: Hello and welcome along to the Rugby Pod, brought to you as usual by our good friends at Guinness. A big thanks to Guinness for all their support during the season. And we're back again for another episode, despite being locked down in our respective houses. And we're a few weeks into lockdown, so how are you guys coping? I see, Jim, you've got a new haircut of sorts.
0: Well, I've got a new front cut, um, beard cut, yes. this is the, the, the two highlights of my week was me shaving my beard off and leaving a moustache that the kids asked me to do, and the podcast. That is it. Up and down. I think we should say it's up and down. Some days, great. Feel great, loving it. Other days, literally, literally, I am going insane.
2: It's the unknown. is the unknown, Jim. And what I was really impressed with last week, you got in touch with your emotional side, didn't you, James? Why? What happened last week? Well, you know, um, we don't often see uh, your better lady, your good lady, uh, Beck, But you, you, you whacked it out there on Instagram, didn't you? You put my girl's... There was mm. Beck, uh, mm. and then have you, have you learned the kids' names, the two daughters you've got? Have you learned their names? Yeah,
0: yeah, Phoebe and Freya, so I put them out there. I felt guilty. I shouted at them earlier on <laughs> for making too much noise, so I thought I've got to put something out there to show my love to them. So my wife, I love you and my children. Um, mate, it is, it's Ground Dog Day. I ain't going to moan too much because there are parts of it that I'm enjoying, but it's becoming fairly long-winded now. Like I mentioned, I don't know if I mentioned it last week, it's The Unknown. It's like, lock me up in prison, and if you lock me up for 20 years, at least I know it's 20 years. What have you done for that, though, for 20 years? Wow. Do you tell me. What do you know? Who told you? <laughs> <laughs> Man, at least you know, though. So now, I've, I'm, I'm thinking three weeks, six weeks. So I've said to myself, three months. So 100 press-ups a day, 100 set-ups, and uh, we'll see what we look like at the end. And I've shaved my beard off, and I've got a moustache, and the kid's idea, Phoebe went ballistic. Who are you? You don't look like you're not even my dad. I was like, Phoebe, it's your idea. Just call me Rob. And Beck's like, why call? Why are they going to call you Rob? I was like, Rob Fiddler, the old second row, Rob Fiddler.
2: He was he was quite hard though, wasn't he? Wow, I don't. He had a moustache. So, and you know, you know when Phoebe was saying you're not my dad, did you say no? The postman is, but that doesn't matter.
0: No, Phoebe, Phoebe looks like me, mate. She looks like me. Bless her. Poor thing. Poor thing. (laughs) Dad with a wig. No. So, I mean, that was the highlight of the week. And uh, I've had a few comments about it. Freddie Mercury being one. I want to break free. I want to break free. I have a voice of an angel. You know, you can hear yourself through your headphones. I sound amazing. Um, So, Freddie Mercury. I've had the guy. um, What's his name? Goose. Uh, Goose. And who's that other guy from Magnum or whatever it is? Matt, I'll take that. I'll take them Goose is more me I see myself more as a goose No, I think you're more Freddie Mercury To be honest But hey It's not all about me So I've said I'm up and down Like I think most people are Good days Bad days It's better when the sun's out Obviously How are you guys Andy Rowe How are you mate I only found out recently When I saw some random Walking around in the background Of the video that we do That you don't live alone You live with the missus obviously Yeah And mate I actually really like your missus Well I don't really know your missus But I know what's going on Your stag do So that was the main thing Which makes me love your missus (laughs) Is that still going ahead? Tell me that's still going ahead. Maybe. Yeah, for for the millions out there, for the
2: millions out there, it's Andy Rose Stagdew in Ibiza this summer. I don't care about the wedding. I'm not even going.
0: That Stagdew is getting us through life right now. <laughs> that's the thing, and that's the big thing about it. So if you do a check... No, we're not going to the wedding. Yeah, we're going to the wedding. Pretend we're going to the wedding. Yeah, Beck's asking, are we going to the wedding or not? Yeah. Uh, No, we're not. I don't give a shit. Give a shit about weddings. Stag do. I'm in. So if we've got a checklist, if we we've got a checklist of things along the way, schools opening. Yes, please. Yeah, yeah, please. That ain't top of the list. Get me to Ibiza. Stag do's went from having one night away, two nights away. It's five nights apparently. (laughs) (laughs) Five nights away. I'm waiting. So I'm, I'm, li- I'm living in a simulation. That's why I'm doing my press-ups and my sit-ups, and i have having a look at my moustache, see if, see if I can pull that look off. I'm not sure at the minute. I, I, in my mind, the stag do is happening. Back to my question anyway. Who do you live with?
1: So I live with, obviously, my partner Jackie and another couple.
2: Yeah, well, a question for you. I mean, <laughs> I was sat in my throne the other day in the toilet, as you do. It got me thinking, Andy Rose. So I've got my own ensuite no doubt the missus ha- the missus has our one i have to go and destroy th- a couple of other ones but i've got my own one and I'm, I'm looking at. i'm watching a program on tv the other day and it was all about how cleans your house amongst the uh, the pandemic and i'm looking into it and they started talking about the toilet and fecal matter and it, it brought me to you andy Rowe, talking about cat cats and thinking about your weirdness and and, and how, how you're getting along and you, you reminded us that you live with another couple but you share one bathroom now, if I'm sat on my throne and my toothbrush is about three yards away, that's not a problem because it's just mine. But when you're living with another couple and your missus, are all the toothbrushes there as well? Is that where? Yeah, but they're all, they're all
1: about three meters away. That's fair enough,
2: isn't it? No, no, there's shit all over your toothbrush and or everyone's toothbrush. That might explain why I've got such
1: a bad breath.
0: <laughs>
2: and Jim, Jim sent me a picture the other day with his smile. I, I did a quick screenshot and zoomed in, and those, those teeth are getting browner by the day, aren't they, Jim?
0: They're not, they're just, I think they're, they're as brown as they can physically be on the spectrum, I think. They're a B4, it's genetics, mate. I googled it, it's genetics. I tell you what, I'm going to knock them out with a hammer, mate, if this carries on.
1: Goody, did you get your photo taken with some firemen over the weekend or so?
2: Uh, yeah, Well, I was, we're having a, our routine really is that the girls, we try and put them for a sleep in the afternoon, and five o'clock comes, and then we take them for a big walk around where we live. And I was walking along, and invariably one of them's having a tantrum the other one's okay so i always take the one that's being okay um and let the missus deal with the tantrum i'm walking up and there's a big fire engine at the top of the road uh one of the firemen walks over and comes up and says andy how you doing and he kept his distance obviously he said uh, mate big fan of the pod love listening to it funnily enough i was listening to it in the bath this morning so we got chatting away and um you know they do a they, you know the fireman at the minute do an incredible job as well uh, and he said oh can we have a picture and we'll, we'll put it on the wall at gerald's Cross Fire station so uh the girls loved it And we carried on that walk, and the most exciting thing that happened to me last week was I bumped into someone else on a walk. I'll say I didn't bump into them, I walked past them. Um, Is
0: this the willy monster?
2: I've walked past, and I've looked at this guy up and down, I'm like, he's a big boy. It was only Linford Christie, wasn't it, just walking around
0: my hood? Oh my goodness. If I was walking, and he was coming towards me, and I was with Beck, I'd trip back up, and (laughs) then I'd I'd carry her up the wrong way, because I wouldn't wouldn't want to see a human being looking like that. So uh, yeah, that's um, um,
2: yeah. as exciting as uh, as my week
0: got. Well, I saw Ethel in a garden just down the road as well the other day, uh, which um, yeah,
1: which was nice. I don't see anyone or well, anything. Anything? I'm going out of my mind. Is a bit of news coming out uh, at the moment, especially from um, RFU CEO Bill Sweeney. He's talking about England maybe touring Japan in October, if and when the July tour is postponed. What do you guys make of that?
0: Who knows? People are throwing things out left, right and centre, aren't they? I know Bill Sweeney's been quite vocal uh, to get you know uh, any kind of information out there of when the season can start. Finances and all that stuff. We had Darren Charles on, which was amazing. We had Hoppers on last week as well, which was class. I've been chatting to mates from both the Guinness Pro 14 and the Gallagher Premiership about different things and when they might start and when they think. At the minute, people are just throwing stuff around. I think it's impossible to to know what's happening the longer it goes on the more trouble clubs are going to be in the more the longer it goes on it's going to be more difficult to play the games that, that we've missed so far the summer tours the Scotland summer tour apparently is effectively not happening to South Africa and New Zealand and so I don't know I don't know why Bill Sweeney's throwing that about maybe it's just a glimmer of hope but look I think first of all we've got to finish the season yeah
2: it's a difficult one isn't it exactly what Jim just said um, you know where do you prioritise things there's at the minute, we know we're locked down till May the 7th. And then, you know, for, for guys, there's obviously loads of conversations going on behind closed doors regarding how to restart the season but, and, and what to do about it. But everyone, all the stakeholders have got their own vested interest in it, haven't they? So England rugby, I've already said they're going to lose 50 million quid. Uh, so they're looking at ways of, of still being able to, you know, make money, etc. And what you don't want to do is, is overcrowd the, the calendar once we do get back. You still need to have a break. You still, We, we want the season to be finished. We, you know, we want someone to be crowned uh, Guinness Pro 14 champions, someone to be crowned Gallagher Premiership champions and so forth. And internationally, we, we're seeing Australia on their knees. They want to be able to play rugby again because of their financial situation. Scotland have announced massive pay cuts as well. So everyone's been affected. But in, in reality, what you can't do is when we all get back up on our feet, when we all get back to what we consider was normality... You can't just cram in loads of games and just put games in there uh, for you know the sake of it to make money which you know ultimately is again going to infect, affect the consumer which is the fan which is the person paying the money to come through the gate and watch these games you don't want to diminish your quality but you want to see some meaningful rugby and try and find out a way of uh, of adjusting and getting games played
0: you mentioned the, the 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 millions of pounds there like 50 odd million the RFU. you mentioned australia as well i was chatting to my mate tom at rugby pass who's like the tim of the rugby pod the oracle and we, we were talking about a few things in terms of the state of the game, maybe even before this pandemic happened in Australian rugby. I'm hearing rumours that they are a couple of weeks away from bankruptcy. They are on their knees. There's going to be, in the, if this carries on, which it's going to, you've mentioned uh, that May the 7th then, the lockdown could potentially go on longer. One of the last things that will come back is sport. I'm telling you now, there's going to be a big team, a big country that is going to fold. It isn't sustainable, and I'm chatting to lads as you are, Goody and agents and people involved with clubs and Darren Charles that we had on and, and Hoppers with the with optimism of the season starting in you know June, July, August. But before we get to that point, we're going to lose a big team. Whether that's an Australia, you know, USA rugby, uh, we obviously saw what happened with them, you know, or whether it's a big team in the Gallagher Premiership, Newcastle. Hey, what about Dino? He's gone back to work. He's a copper. He has. Imagine that knocking on your door. Yeah, uh, guilty. Yeah, you know,
2: you talk about other clubs, you you know, you're hearing uh, Jim mentioned Newcastle there, they've followed a lot of their staff and players um, and they have openly said that financially, you know, it's pushing them to the the extremities. But I'm also hearing, you know, a club like Saracens, for example, um, who Nigel Ray's been uh, exceptionally good to a lot of the players. They all talked about that. But um, I'm hearing that a lot of the players aren't being as receptive to uh, taking pay cuts or anything like that. With the current situation we're under with, the pandemic that's going on and and the the state of the finances for Saracens. So we know what's going to affect them next year with relegation. But even further at the minute, I'm I'm hearing Nigel Ray's not particularly happy.
0: You can imagine how how much money they've lost, though, on top Mm. of what's happening now. But, you know, the $5.3 or whatever it was, plus lawyers' fees and everything else that goes with that. But I was thinking, right, what happens if – okay, and this isn't me being horrible because I don't want to see anyone fold or go under – if one premiership team – Cannot carry on. Do you think the easiest thing to do and the safest thing to do is to keep Saracens in the Premiership and ring fence it then for a couple of years? It's an interesting one, isn't it? And you know,
2: common sense would say you hope no one goes bust, and that's not something we have to discuss. But surely, if a club does go bust, that's going to be straight on the table to to be discussed and have. Um, you know a decision be made around it we had Darren Childs on the podcast uh, two weeks ago didn't we and he said categorically whatever happens Saracens will be relegated so um, who knows
1: just still on the premiership where do you guys stand on the players playing for their new clubs in the premiership in July as the season will definitely be going on then if it is to be completed and it looks like they could end up playing for their new team rather than their existing one
0: Yeah, it's a bit mental, isn't it? And again, trying to get a little bit of information on how that might work if there's something in their contracts. But speaking to a few people that know the ins and outs of of contracts with the players, like 1st of July, whatever team you've signed for, that's it, you're in. So you think Kyle Sinclair, for example, is probably a good example if he's at Bristol's and the season does carry on which I'm skeptical whether it will and we will see it unfold as it kind of has done you know i.e top four you know first place fourth second place third I think it will be just a straight team just whoever finishes top will win but you know you you think about it like that if the season doesn't start until later on and you get a Harlequins facing the Bristol Carl Sinclair will be up against our good friend if he's not retired Joe Marleybone so you know Johnny May as well. I don't think Johnny could get out of Leicester quick enough, from what I'm hearing. You know, it'll be a Gloucester player as of July first. So even if there's a crossover, that'll be the weirdest thing, won't it? If the season, the season starts in June, which would be the absolute earliest it seems it could start, but the likelihood is July that. It's just it's going to be all over the place. I'm trying to think of some other big names. Carl Sinclair is probably the biggest. Johnny May, obviously now, having gone to Gloucester, is a massive one, but Leicester aren't going to be in contention for anything, but Gloucester will be vying for top six. And you look at that Bristol Harlequins, they'll be looking for top four as well. What they agree has got
2: to be playable for everyone so you've got a whole different bunch of players i spoke to one player in the week and i won't name him but he's actually leaving the premiership to go and play abroad with that decision what happens there is it a decision to the club or the union he's going to and there's going to be a number of players that leave the premiership to go and, and play abroad um you know you go back to new zealand or south africa or australia or wherever Th- these are decisions that haven't been taken yet but the hard thing is it's not only just about a playing contract it's about insurance as well um, so obviously you're covered for, you know, the period that you're contracted for. And the RPA, we had hoppers on here last week. Um, they provide individual insurance, but clubs have their own uh, insurance uh, on injuries for their players as well. So where does that fit in? You've got to have discussions with insurance companies around it. You know, and I, uh, could you imagine a, a situation where you mentioned Carl Sinclair? He's allowed to go and play, but Johnny may 's not allowed to go and play for Gloucester because you know, they haven't agreed something. It's got to be a one-size-fits-all for that.
1: So we discussed Bernard Laporte and uh, Bill Beaumont's proposals last week involving scrapping the Champions Cup and, and having a World Club Cup. And this week, Augustine Pichot has decided he wants to challenge them and run to become World Rugby Chairman. What do you guys, first of all, make of his chances and some of the things he's been saying about giving the Tier 2 nations more voice, for example?
0: Love it. I love that he's... Throwing a cat amongst the pigeons, as it were. Get it? Well done, Jim. You throw the cat in there, and the pigeons fly away. But the pigeons haven't flown away because they're standing their ground. Look, I, I really like Bill Beaumont. I do. I love what he's done for the game. But I think, you know, P. show is a lot closer, I would say, to the modern game. He said it himself. We are from different generations and we have different philosophies, quote. See, I've done my homework because I have got bloody time to do my homework. <laughs> so. You know, I like P. Show and I think the game needs freshening up. This isn't me being detrimental to World Rugby. They've done a good job, um, and it, it's always hard. So you look at all the other sports and stuff like that, the highest governing body always comes under scrutiny, and World Rugby is the same because that's the, the world that we live in. That's what we love to do. P. Show's come out there now, and he's, he's he said, I just read the quote, that he said, like he you know he's got different philosophies to Bill Beaumont he's obviously the vice chairman at the minute and he's thrown his um his hat I'm sure it's a cool hat he's Argentinian uh into the ring and he wants to freshen up the game and he's talking about making it well everyone's talking about making it a global season and trying to get a positive out of the negative that we're in now in terms of the game stopping and trying to formalize something different and There's a lot of people out there, Dan Leo, we've had him on the podcast before, who are fighting for the Pacific Islander teams that have been grossly underfunded, that don't get the exposure, to try and find a way to bring these teams, integrate these teams into Tier 1 rugby to grow the game worldwide, wide, wide. And we've seen what's happened with USA Rugby as well, that they're going under. USA Rugby were meant to be the next big team. You know what I mean? They were meant to be the, the you know, the team that in 8, 12 years' time would be competing for the World Cups because of the athletes that they've got and they've gone under. So the game in that sense, that side of things, the political side of it, I think is uh, we're miles behind. Any other organisation, you know, Olympics, I don't really like the Olympics because because of all the underlying uh, stuff that goes with that. Football, you know, UFC, boxing you look at and everyone's got their problems like they have but i just think we are a very old-fashioned sport still which is good because that gives us the values that we like it and we, and we like that side of the game and there's always going to be a part of that but you know what's what's pisho he's 40 odd mid 40s i just think we need someone a little bit younger a little bit fresher with some different ideas because at the minute i don't personally think when i look at it all it's working, but what happens? here? does it go to a public vote? I think we should have them on the podcast, and they can maybe like they can put it to the millions of why they should be voted in. Who votes them in? Does anyone know? Is it- well, I do. I do know, um, and it's a good point, actually, Jim. Because perhaps people
2: don't know, but each uh, rugby council around the world, so uh, obviously every country that's a participant, gets a certain number of votes. So England get three votes. Uh, a lot of the Tier 1 nations, New Zealand, Australia, they get three votes each uh, as to who they want. Uh, and it last time they went for this, Bill Beaumont was the only person that put his name uh, forward to uh, be the chairman. And he had Pichot as his vice chairman. So it was uncontested. It was just those two. They were the only people that put themselves forward. So, you know, I'm I'm a big fan of Pichot, big fan of Bill Beaumont in terms of what they've done. Pichot has said a few things. He put some tweets out during the World Cup, didn't he, about uh, the amount of players that were born and bred uh, in the countries that he played with that I don't think went down particularly well. And, and uh, he does ruffle feathers, and, and maybe that's what we need. But maybe we are a little bit archaic and the people at the top end of the game that are making these decisions, are they radical enough to follow his lead and, and, and have someone ruffle the feathers, or are they gonna stick with the safe and the the sort of wiser statesman in Bill Beaumont and Bernard the Port, Bernard the Door, Bernard the Door, the Door, the Door, La Porte.
0: It's in hey, it's unprecedented times. I fucking
2: love that word, unprecedented. It's interesting though, isn't it? With Pichot, he's not scared to ruffle the feathers and throw the odd tweet out. I'm just wondering whether he needs a running mate, whether he needs, you know, who who would be his vice... I mean... Who would be his vice (laughs) captain? He's vice chairman. I don't mind saying things on Twitter. So um, yeah, Augustin
0: and Pichot, if you want me, I'm here. No, mate. You're looking at your vice captain, mate. Look no further.
1: Well, I really like what he had to say about the computer games because we haven't had a good computer game for rugby since Jonah Lomu Rugby, have we? Uh,
2: no, we haven't actually. And I'm not a gamer, I'll be honest. Uh, but I did used to play on Jonah Lomu Rugby, misspent youth, uh, university basically. Uh, and you just press the double. It was a double tap at the top, wasn't it? Where jo- Jonah would just bust through everyone. Slight home used to be quick as well. He was quick, would not he? I remember Slight home. He was very quick. But yeah, no, I think yeah, it'd be great to have a, a decent rugby game. You look at, and we talked about it, over the last couple of weeks on, on Rugby Pass, you look at the FIFA game that's going on. I know there's, there was other games that have tried to challenge that, but we're seeing interaction and how big is FIFA? So I'm not saying rugby will get to that, but if you've got a uh, a game or something that you can play with away from watching rugby, it's, it's something that helps grow the game as well.
0: For the millions of people out there, I don't know if we spoke about it before, but... The, so there's a game out now uh, rugby 20 get it because it's 2020 so I think the one that was made before a couple of years ago they came into Saracen's train and got chatting to the guy and I said to him just on a whim I was like look mate I've been pretty shit on the games before I had a scrum cap on uh, a game when I was at uh, Leicester and I don't wear a scrum cap any chance you can make me good so anyone out there that plays the rugby game from a couple of years ago they have made me the best player in the team I <laughs> oh. <laughs> so in the team, they've made me the best player on the game. I'm the best player on the game. It's ridiculous. So that's why Augustin Pichot wants a decent game, mate. Mate, basically, I'm the Cantona. I'm the Cantona of uh, the rugby game a couple of years ago. So th- whoever did that at EA Sports, thank you very much.
1: Well, I think it's about time we've got a guest on the show now, and we've got a very special guest this week. TV star, MasterChef host, and big fan of rugby, Greg Wallace joins us now. How are you, mate?
3: I'm good. I'm good. You know, um, obviously we're in lockdown, a little bit of anxiety about our futures, but I've never spent this much time at home. It's, it's really, really good.
2: Well, I'm watching you on, uh, on your Instagram feed uh every day greg and um you know you're making me salivate at home i had a go at cooking one of your lunches the other day i had the the phyllo pastry with the goat's cheese and the uh the tomatoes that i whacked it with the pesto that i whacked in the oven but today you had some lovely mackerel for lunch aren't you i'm, I'm loving watching your stuff
3: thank you look, look the, the reality is two realities <laughs> one is you never ever see me cook on master because they make that john's job so no one knows that i cook the other one is because my wife, you know, my wife, Anna, she's Italian, a great cook. Her mum and dad both live here, not because of lockdown. They just both live here. And they are all, all the whole family are cooks. And since we've been here on lockdown, I said, I'll make lunch. And I feel I have to step up to the plate. Do you know what I mean? All of a sudden, I've gone from playing third team to playing first team cooking but I've, I've really I've really enjoyed it look like, you know I've, I like putting the dishes on you know you, could, you can follow them uh, hopefully people are following them and, and, uh, and doing them at home and I just you know I, I enjoy it
0: Well it's my wife's turn to cook tonight and I can hear the lasagnas just put, been put in the microwave so uh, I'm very <laughs> jealous <laughs> <laughs> but Greg we should we should talk a little bit about your love of rugby I, th- I find it really interesting that um, c- celebrities well maybe it's not that interesting it's more y- your love of wasps that I found really interesting in Coventry so first question uh, your love of rugby and then your association to Coventry which I found pretty interesting.
3: Well, uh my love of rugby in fact although I sound really common, I was quite a bright boy and I went to grammar school and I went to a school called London Nautical School. In fact it was the same school as Jeff Proby. So they didn't play any football at all because I was brought up as a Millwall supporter and they played rugby. So that was my first introduction to it and I enjoyed it. I, I wasn't I wasn't particularly good. Uh I was quite enthusiastic. And then I didn't play again until I was like 30 years old. And I started playing Eaton Manor in Lake, because I come from Bermondsey and I met someone in a pub playing Paul. And he he worked for BT with a mate of mine. And he was the scrum half for Eaton Manor in Leighton. Uh, actually, the nearest club was Barking, which is uh, Jackson Leonard's uh, old club. So I started playing for them. I mean, I never played for the first. And then we moved over to um, to near Richmond and I played... For the, um, for the London Welsh Hockeys, for the occasional. So, as I will say, I didn't have a very illustrious career, but I always, always enjoyed my rugby and uh, al- always have done.
0: Greg, you would have got 50 cats for Scotland, mate, maybe even 100 if you uh, threw your hat into the ring up there. Don't worry <laughs> about it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you,
2: Jim also mentioned Coventry, and uh, you mentioned your wife earlier um, and their family. That I know they're Italian, but their roots are also from Coventry, aren't they?
3: Yes, yes. Now, the grandmother, the nonna, my, my, this is this is my wife's grandmother, she came over. Um, she still has a house in Rome, but she came over to Coventry. So my wife was born in Coventry. Um, dad's from Naples, nonna, the grandmother's from Rome. So they, they were brought up in Coventry. Now, I've been a Wasp fan since they played at Loftus Road, played at QPR. And it just so happened that when they moved to Coventry, it it didn't disappoint me at all because my wife's uncle, Jez, his side of the family, so my wife's side of the family, they're the Stapinis. The other side of the family, the Romanos, they're up there in, in Coventry. And so I didn't meet them until the day before my wedding. And I found out they were as big a Wasp fan as I was them because they're in Coventry and that's where Wasps went to and me because they were a London club and that's where I'm from. In fact my nephew he played in the, he's playing for Coventry now he was uh, he was in the Wasps Academy. So yeah, so the links between Coventry, my family and Wasps is nice, isn't it?
2: It's a match made in heaven, mate.
3: Really, really good. So Mr. Good, a first game up there at the uh, Rico, I think scored all the points or most of the points and uh, it was our first game at the Rico and that's where you're from, isn't it, Coventry?
2: I'm a Coventry boy as is Jim Hamilton and um, Jim's got some great memories of playing at the Rico Arena as well haven't you Jim but are you right Greg you are right I did score a few points in that first game I can't remember I think it was 33 uh, I think it's still a, I think it's still a premiership record well, that, was
3: that all the points that day
2: Not, no not quite all of them I had to let a couple of other lads score as well
3: uh, <laughs> I had a beer with you after that match and you were very very happy with yourself oh mate it was a
2: cracking day wasn't it 20, 28,000 people at the Rico uh, I break the record and Christmas was just around the corner so all things aligned nicely
0: so humble
3: another wasp tie-in as well the, um, when, when I, I used to live near richmond i lived around the corner from lawrence as well at the same time so i used to bump into him in the local cafe and stuff so the wasps in fact when my when my oldest son tom when he was like five years old i used to take him to quinn's some weeks and i used to take him to wasps and wasps just one through so fortunate really i could we could have all ended up as quinn's fans wearing very funny colored shirts
0: well, thank God you didn't do that. Thank, thank God you didn't do that. But, Greg, what I wanted to ask though, because um, Coventry before was famous for the pink parrot and um, Little Park Street Police Station. Apart from that, there wasn't much happening um, until we know now that there were some brilliant Italian people living there as well. But what we uh, I wanted to ask is your love of wasp, but also also where, how important wasp has been to the city of Coventry. Because I, I joking about the pink parrot and other things then, but the football team has been on the demise. But just how important having a good rugby team, and I know Coventry are on the way up as well. But uh, having Wasps actually in Coventry, how important that is for rugby and the city.
3: Well, of course, I'm not a Coventry boy, but I've got uh, I've got family there that I'm, I'm very close to, and it took a little while until the people of Coventry realised that Wasps was their club. You know, they can watch people of Coventry now can take real pride in Wasps because they are playing top notch sport. You know, you can see, and they're really coming back up again. They play an exciting brand of rugby, and it's a Coventry club. All right. Its roots, its tradition was, was in London, but that is well and truly a Coventry club. And it will become um, established, I think, Coventry club and something the people of Coventry can take pride in. I mean, definitely the numbers that, that turn up there week after week are really good. One of the problems with the Rico as, as a supporter is it's too big. It's too big, really. I mean, look, you know, when you get twenty-five, thirty thousand, 30,000, it's great. When you get a really respectable crowd like fifteen, sixteen, 16,000 to everybody watching on the celly, it still looks half empty. But there's a lot of people there. A lot of other clubs would would, uh, would give their right arm for the sort of support that's turning up at Wasa at the moment. Do I sound like a Wasps advert?
2: Oh, mate, it's brilliant. I'm, I'm loving it. You know, I'm, I'm a Wasps ambassador, and everything you're saying is right. All you haven't said yet is how good the Andy Goodsweet is when you've been in there, mate.
3: Well, the problem with the, with the Andy Goodsweet, as you know, I, I kind of get, get selfied to death after a while. But I'll tell you, th- I'll tell you something. I sit with Derek. Uh, Derek invites me out as the owner. I haven't told anybody this. And he's going to go out now. My son, my son Tom, who's 26 and a big rugby fan, likes his beer, like his dad, Said. So, do we have to go up there, Dad? Can't we can't we just go in the stands or down to the handy good suite? I was like, I'll tell you what, son, when I'm on my own. I go up with the directors when I'm with you we can go in with the other fans
0: what about that I know it's like I get absolutely mobbed when I'm there mate so I get security walking around me every single time (laughs) um but you look at the team you look at the profile of the team some quality players um Malachi Fekato has obviously gone to Was, and he's been brilliant since he's come back from injury there's a great picture of him knocking around on social media no not on social media just on WhatsApp voyeurism Uh, but who is your favorite player when you watch that Was team
3: well, listen, I think we've all got a great big, all us WOS fans have got a big soft spot for Jimmy, haven't we? Jimmy Goughath. I mean, stalwart. And the man, like, the man belies his years, doesn't he? He still looks quality. The one player who was absolutely my favorite, I was so sad to see go. And it wasn't Elliot, and I'm, I'm fond of Elliot, was, uh, was Wadey. Christian Wade, I've just, you know, that man could go around three people in a telephone box. I kind of really miss him. But if I was going to pick a favourite player now, and I think it'd be a lot of Was fans' favourite player. It'd be Jimmy Gopoff. Uh The most exciting? Do you know what? I'm going to stay with the Italian roots, and I'm going to go the uh, the Italian fullback. What's his name? Minozzi. 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 That boy has got electric feet. Really electric feet. Decent in defence. Really good nose for attack. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing him back on the
2: pitch. I touched him once. He did touch him once, Jim, yeah. And, and I love Jimmy Gopeth. He's um, he's a lovely bloke, but uh, he's the bloke that ended my career at Wasps. They they signed him as a better version of me. So uh...
0: I'll
3: tell, I tell you who I've got a lot of time for as well, and I think he's really growing in stature within that side and that's um, Brad Shields. And yeah, we had him on the, uh, the
0: podcast, yeah.
3: Yeah, I, I think he, he quietly goes about his business. I think he, he's, he's growing in, in, in that team there and does a lot of unseen work. I think he's a real grafter.
2: Now, Greg, let's talk about you personally, because um, I've been watching all your Instagram stories uh, and the food and everything's great, but um, I've also been watching a bit of your training. You've lost an absolute boatload of weight, haven't you?
3: Mate, I'm as fit as a butcher's dog. And let me tell you, we, I've done an exercise routine for one of the Sunday papers, I can't tell you which, and that's going to come out. But look, look, you know, you did fitness, right, as a job. I mean, you, had, well, you had to, well, some of you took it more seriously than others, <laughs> but to me... This sort of, I mean, I'm fitter and stronger now than I was when I played rugby. I mean, I've now lost four stone. And I'm, I'm, I'm probably, what am I now? Last time we measured it, I was like 18% fat. And I'm 55 years old. And I just love this strength and fitness. I'm absolutely loving it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to carry on pushing this on into my 60s, mate, because I am really enjoying it. If Well, I mean, listen. Having a beautiful wife, twenty-two years younger than you, sort of helps. You know, that's a bit of encouragement. <laughs> <laughs> and also having a, a baby boy. I mean, Sid is eleven months, and I, I want to be out to chuck a rugby ball about with him. You know, so I want to, I want to, ke- I want to keep fit and strong. But I'll tell you the secret of how I lost weight. So I'd come home and I'd, and my young wife would say, "Well, look, I can have dinner. Well, I can cook dinner." or we could have an early night. Consequently, I lost another half a stone. <laughs> 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 early night he's
2: dead at dinner. Well, let's talk about MasterChef then, Greg. You've had a few rugby boys on over the years, and uh, yeah, we're into the finals week now, and we've had a certain rugby player, ex-rugby player, Christian Day on the show, uh, but he's been booted out, hasn't he? Can you tell us why he's been booted out, and how's the final going to go down?
3: He had a he had a problem with his touch. Right? It's, it's funny, he, he, he kept on having a problem with uh, with grilling like meat and fish, and he kept. You can forgive it once a twice, but he kept on having the same issue. And what uh, once once that flags up, and then once it, the same issue keeps repeating itself, you've either got to correct it straight away or, or or you're out. I mean, it was listen. He did incredibly well. You've got to remember that thousands applied, you know, only sixty get on, and when you get down to the last ten, last eight, last six, you've done amazingly well, but. You know, very much like playing sport. It doesn't matter what happened the week before. You've got to get it right on the day. And when you keep having the same error and the same error. And he'd be the first to put his hand up and go, yeah, 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 I messed it up. Because he did have the potential to go all the way. Do you know I've had um, two Wasps win Celebrity MasterChef?
2: Phil Vickery being one.
3: Yeah, and Matt Dawson being another.
2: Yeah, very true. I'm still waiting for my invite, but there we go.
3: (laughs) The problem is that we know each other. I'll mention, to, I'll mention it to him again. We can't have three Wasp players winning it. Or maybe we can. Listen, our, the big Phil Vickery uh, winning it. And he was, he's still one of the best celebrity winners we ever had. But uh, he did make me laugh because we became friendly after that. And he said he was going to rugby grounds, watching a game of rugby. He said he'd have players sidling up to him, like whispering, hushed tones, going, "Here, Phil last week I made a raspberry souffle. He <laughs> goes, why are you whispering? He <laughs> said it was if they were like confessing to like being cross-dresses or something. Go, why are
0: you whispering? Uh, Greg, I wanted to ask you lastly as well, um, working for Rugby Pass, we brought a documentary on Matt Hampson uh, yesterday being Monday. It's been received well about his story, his exceptional story and uh, it's brilliant. Obviously, we're friends with Hambo and, we, and, and me and Goody do a lot for Hambo and the H- Matt Hampson Foundation but I've also seen Seen you at a couple of the charity dinners as well and I know that his foundation Hambo is quite close to your heart isn't he?
3: Well listen I, I do do charity work. Um, I'm an ambassador for the hospice the children's hospice which is behind the Rico Arena um, but I've been an ambassador for the Matt Hanson Foundation for a number of years now. Um, in fact if you look back I'm the only person to ever go on Soccer AM holding a rugby ball. Um, because I was due on there on the Saturday. I had dinner with his father, Matt's father, the night before. And I hadn't met Matt at the time. And he gave me the ball, told me the story. And I, I went on. Um, actually, I was with um, Lewis Moody as well. He was at the he was at the dinner. So I took the rugby ball on to Soccer AM. And they said, you can't come on with it. I said, well, I've got to go home then, because I promised. So I've been up to the Get Busy Living Centre. And anyone, anyone who hasn't been, go up there contact matt go up there the place is just rocking it's it's amazing and i find matt just absolutely completely inspirational and if you if you love to urge everybody to read his book to read his but his book is is just fantastic and the way they put it together is brilliant because it's not this wonderful career and then it goes wrong and then it's sad far from it they mix it and match it so you read a bit about him before the accident a bit about him after that. Reading the book, I just found completely inspirational. He, his life and his life. Since, I mean, I only met him, only met him since the accident, and got on with him amazingly well as as soon as we did meet. But that I never really knew the whole of his story until until I read the book, and I, I just I just found it an incredible story. The one bit of the book that gets me and chatting to him as I, I mean, listen, I, I've I've made I think three visits to the Get Busy Living Centre, and I and I see Matt a lot. And the bit where he says, you know, you ask yourself, why me? Why me? He said, and then you turn the call and you go, well, why not me? What am I going to do now? And I think that is, we can all take take inspiration from that. Look, we've all met him. I mean, what a man, right?
2: Yeah, he's a hell of a bloke.
3: I think what a lot of people don't know is one of the reasons, one of the things we really have in common. Do you know what massive foodie he is and how much he likes his wines? And you know Why? because that's something he can do as well as everybody else. He's visited some really good two and three stars across Europe, that man. He's a real proper foodie.
1: Greg, thank you very much for coming on the show, mate, and uh, best of luck with all that strength and conditioning uh, to keep up with that young family. Cheers, Greg. Thanks for coming on, mate.
3: Good talking to you guys. Cheers, Greg. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
1: Good lad. Great bloke,
0: mate. Good bloke. Did not know his family... Um, from the Italian side, are from Coventry. Who would have thought?
2: Yeah, he's a great break isn't he? Brilliant for him to come on. He's a fabulous ambassador for the Matt Hampson Foundation. Uh, a massive Wasp fan, and um, yeah, he's doing big things on Instagram. I- I'm salivating every day just watching his Instagram stories, cooking his food. And I did try and have a go at one the other day. It was uh, a puff pastry one with uh, some tomatoes and goat's cheese, and I-, I chucked a bit of bacon on the top. Of course, I did. But I had a bit of an issue with it. it was loads of puff pastry le- left over, so um, I didn't know what
0: to do with it. So I just ate it. Mate, just send it up to me, mate, because back making the lasagna in the microwave. Get the fucking
1: lasagna! I'm going to go out of my mind in a minute. Who has microwave lasagna these days? Well, there are a lot of bored rugby players putting videos online of themselves dancing on TikTok and doing various other things. But one man in particular has put a few videos out there and actually has a little bit of talent. So we thought we'd get him on the show. Harlequin Center and USA International, Paul Lissicchi joins us.
0: Paul, thanks for coming on, mate, and thanks for bringing joy to my life when I thought that the tic-tac was taken out of it. Seeing Danny Kerr on there doing... uh, He actually dances quite well, to be honest, but it's not my thing. But hearing you sing, and you've got a voice like an angle like me, isn't she lovely? Um, I'm absolutely loving it. So just talk us through your newfound fame as a musician.
4: Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Um. No, I've, I've, I've grown up around music. My mum was a music teacher, we had instruments around the house and so that was kind of my outlet from, you know, playing sports and other things and so I loved, it. growing up through high school I was in, you know, bands and performing arts groups and whatnot and so it's probably, yeah, it's, my, it's one of my favourite hobbies, jam around and sing and play instruments.
2: Now a lot of the boys, when you join a new club, you have to have a bit of an initiation uh, sing a song and obviously loads of them are absolutely shocking but um, you know you must have taken that in your stride and were the boys at Quinn's absolutely loving it when you got up and started busting a, a song out?
4: Now it was a bit of a surprise to them um, yeah everyone got up and did like a little musical item or shared a joke or something and I got up there and sung isn't she lovely and uh, the boys pretty much just went wild and they didn't really know that I you know I, I sort of love that thing so <laughs> it wasn't too bad of an initiation for myself.
0: But to be fair, no one's going to say you're a shit singer. Look at the size of you. <laughs> <laughs> and as has been in lockdown as well, Paul. Has that given you more time? I mean, it must be great to have um, have a hobby like that where you can play play the guitar. I mean, apart from it sounding amazing, it looks cool as shit as well, I'll be honest with you. But um, has it given you a bit of time to, to practice the guitar? What have you been up to in lockdown? Yeah,
4: it has, man. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's allowed me a lot of time to just pick it up and kind of... A- spend more time playing it and, uh, you know, figure out songs here and there and, and, and even post stuff I feel like you guys mentioned, you know, like otherwise I, I'm not really, I wouldn't really do that otherwise, but it's basically allowed me to kind of focus on a few things and, and, uh, you know, work, work at a talent that, that I've been given and so uh, it's been awesome to kind of share that with, with other people and, and uh, you know with all of this time that we have
0: and you mentioned the talent that you have and we've all seen that showcased just talk to me about the, the, the thoughts on uh, Danny Care and his uh, dancing techniques with his lovely wife
4: I love him mate <laughs> honestly <laughs> man it's, he's smooth he's got the moustache rocking and, you know everything's smooth about it and so I wish I could dance like that to be honest but that's something that I would never put online my dancing skills
2: how are things going at Quinns? Because it was going pretty well for you before the lockdown. You were getting some momentum personally. Uh, and as a team, you are going okay as well. So, uh, you enjoying it? Yeah, no,
4: it was good. Man. Um, yeah, I, I'm really enjoying it at the club, you know, as far as rugby is concerned. And and uh, to get a bit of game time, yeah, that, that uh, kind of stint before the, the lockdown happened. Um, you know, it was really cool to be able to just get in there and mix and mingle with the boys. And, yeah, play some rugby. So, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoy the club. And, you know, the boys are fantastic, like you mentioned. Danny and and a heap of other boys. And so, um, no, I'm really enjoying it
0: there. I was going to ask as well, because uh, I've worked with Paul Gustard as well with Guzzi, and he's really creative in the way that he does the meetings. And we've seen that some of them have been posted online, which I think has been brilliant. He's brought a new kind of culture to Quincy. It was probably lacking um, in years, probably leading up to that. But what's been happening during lockdown? I'm hearing rumours of different clubs doing Zoom calls and they're having motivational speakers. Some of them are doing group yoga sessions. Has Guzzy got you guys doing anything?
4: Um, yeah, no, nah, we had, uh, um, we have like a nutritionist and stuff and he'll post like little slideshows and things like that. And then we also have, um, he's like a mindfulness sort of a, uh, yeah, kind of a spiritual sort of a person. I don't know really what to call them, but it's called mindfulness. And basically he has like live zoom sessions that the boys can tune into if they want. But yeah, there's, there's cool outlets that, uh, the coaches have put together. They've put together, you know, um, strength and conditioning plans and, and little exercises and targets that we can try and hit and so all of those things are kind of there to help the boys you know keep sane really.
2: Now how hard has it been for you to train on your own because um, you know you're a big guy uh, I've got no doubt like myself you like uh, the odd cheat meal here or there um, it must be pretty tough to put the training in and stay motivated.
4: Yeah I will say it's it's a lot more harder to kind of get that motivation but you know it's kind of the accountability like yeah I'm, I'm like yourself like I love a cheat meal I love I love my food really. And so it's been really hard to like sort of maintain that, that that physical state that you have during the season. But all I'm really trying to do is just I'm I'm trying to keep it on my best and make sure it doesn't get like off the cliff, mate. And so, um, it's been hard but it's been good. Also my wife has been uh pushing me along as well to stay in shape and um but yeah, it's it, it's it's hard. That's the bottom line. But, you know, at the end of the day is we're we're professional athletes and stuff. Um, it's that accountability that we have to put towards ourselves each and every day, so that when things do kick off again, um, you know it's a smooth, it's a smoother transition getting back into it.
2: Well, go on then, make me salivate a little bit, and just tell me what is your favourite cheat meal?
4: Right, um, <laughs> honestly, mate, there's two. Like, I love burgers, bro. So anything, anything to do with a burger. There's Five Guys. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of my go-to after a game after
0: a game sort of a meal I'll hit up five guys on the way home yeah good he has that for breakfast mate so, <laughs> <don't we? laughs> uh, Paul I wanted to talk a little bit about USA Rugby and not not the state of the game over there because we know that the MLR, MLR has picked up a load of momentum with some superstars going over there to play obviously Mar probably being the highest profile Bastro was over there but I've been over there and done a documentary and spoken to a few people. What I found really interesting you might be able to answer this is the disconnection between the MLR and USA Rugby and we've seen that USA Rugby this week, they, they, they well last week they've had a, a big financial uh, problems that have now been showcased and, uh, and it doesn't seem that they're going to be sustainable. Have you got any insight into the USA Rugby at the minute?
4: Yeah, basically the stuff that I really saw first of all was through the media the, the stint that they're going through legally and whatnot, but yeah, it's kind of yeah, it's kind of a sad situation with some of the things that's going on with USA Rugby because it's just it's at the end of the day it's really hard thing to get off in America is um, rugby and so the MLR is kind of trying their best USA Rugby is trying their best and it's basically uh, with this coronavirus and stuff going on it really just doesn't help but I'm hoping that it takes off man I I think it'll be awesome for the country and I'm behind it you know but I don't know exactly what state USA Rugby or MLR are in right now.
2: So let's just go back over your history a little bit then, because you were born and grew up in New Zealand, and then you moved over to the US uh, and went on to play in the NFL.
4: Yeah, like you said, I grew up in New Zealand, but then I moved to USA when I was uh, just at high school and um, basically did college over there, and I walked on, so I basically tried on to give, you know, American football a shot in college. And I got a scholarship to play at, at a uh, university called BYU. And then during my senior year, I had the opportunity to, you know, like like go to it's called a pro day. Basically, it's like a combine, but each each um, university holds their own little pro day. It's a combine. And so you do all of the tests and whatnot. And, um, and then draft day rolled around. And I didn't get drafted, but I got signed on to Arizona as an undrafted free agent and then going through rookie minicamps, I'm sure a lot of people have seen hard knocks and, and whatnot, um, you know, they're kind of the cutthroat of of the industry, but went through a training camp and ended up getting cut during the final cuts at Arizona, um, but then um, Chicago claimed me off waivers, so they picked up my contract, and I did two seasons in Chicago, uh, one on the practice squad, and then uh, one on the active roster, so... Um, but it was awesome. It's a different world, you know, to rugby. It's completely different, you know, the culture, the fans, you know, game day environments and things like that. And so I, really, I, I enjoyed it. It was, it was a short stint. It's, it's extremely difficult to, to stay in the NFL. But the two years that I did get, did there, I really enjoyed it and enjoyed the experience, um, you know, that it brought to me and my family.
1: Paul, do you want to give us a, uh, a quick rendition of your, your go-to song at the moment?
4: I was thinking of Sweet Caroline, because since
1: that's an
0: easy. And Paul, before you start, I should say as well, I've got the voice of an angle, so um, beware. Sweet. Do you
4: want me to share in now then, all
0: right? Yeah, mate, you go. Where I can't
4: it, but I know it's going. Yeah.
0: Ho, 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 ho. That was me. Who
4: do believe
0: you along? Hands. hands. I can't touch, touch your hands, hands, but I'm pretending. Touch your hands. Reach out. Sweet Caroline. yes sir I
2: mean that was awesome imagine being that big that strong that powerful that quick and then you get in the changing room afterwards and you can sing a song like that you're just winning every changing room you're winning it
1: yeah appreciate it right, Paul thank you very much for coming on the show thank you for singing to us and uh, best of luck staying in shape stay away from those burgers mate
4: sounds good cheers thanks guys
0: Good lad. Top bloke. Good lad. Good for him to come on, mate. Hey, he's my favourite Harlequin, mate. And he's lying as well. If he says that he's watching Danny Care's videos and thinking that's cool, um I, don't, I couldn't work it out whether I thought it was that cool that I was jealous or was cringing. I couldn't work it out.
1: the 2001-2002 Champions Cup finals will broadcast again on BT Sport at the weekend and we thought we'd get on on the act as well uh, when it comes to giving a fresh take on old games and take a trip down memory lane in your careers Uh, but not so much the Champions Cup or Premiership finals have a listen to this lads here comes that
2: Englishman that you were talking about Tony Andrew Gooden on jersey 21 he has replaced the halfback and kicker we clock it, which means Ruan Pinel will go into half pick.
0: To be fair, it's 13 points to six to the Crusaders, as we're seeing Brad Thorne there. What a player he was. And here, oh my God, 21, Mr. Price on his back. Oh my lid. Gloves on, socks up, no quads, red cyclers. And you're lining up and he's pointing at Dan Carter. Talk to me. Well, yeah, a
2: bit embarrassed about my hair, really. And then Carter gets the ball from the scrum. Pinel's on my inside, steps inside me. I'm thinking, no. Absolutely not, Dan. You're a good looking guy. You were the best you are the best fly half in the world, but you stepping me on the inside, you're having it, son.
1: I think this might be trouble for Ruan Peanut, was
3: it? Yep. Andy Good. Andy Good. Beg your pardon. Andy has not been
2: very good here.
5: <laughs> no. <laughs> no, there
2: you go. Welcome to Super 14 rugby. Good
3: cameo appearance. He's not gonna see any more action tonight
2: there you go bit of claret coming out of his mouth as well i knew what i was doing i'm trying to make the best looking fly off in the world and the best fly off in the world
0: look not so good but the one thing that you do miss before that tackle there's like a um it's like a quarter of a second of you getting hand off and put on your backside doing a tum a tumble roll and wondering how the hell you're getting paid to play rugby in the southern hemisphere you get absolutely minced mate at least you touched dan carter though, eh? yeah i did i touched dan carter he had it here we go here's the replay bang that's a red card these days I love how you've walked over him to say sorry, and he's just turned his uh, turned his head and thinking, who the hell are you? Look at the state of your led.
2: <laughs> I think before the game, I was coming out to do my warm-up, and he was coming in, so he'd obviously been out there for way longer than me, and I had a programme in my hand. I just said, Dan, Dan, can you sign this for me? And he said, yeah, 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 nice to meet you. Well, you know, who do you want me to sign it for? Are you a fan? <laughs>
0: Mate, the big question is, uh, did you go out after the game? Uh, yeah, we did. We kept it under 50.
2: Uh, I think it was something like 23-11 in the end or something like that. So, um, yeah, we did go out, head it out into Christchurch. And um, the rest is history. I mean, what a debut that was.
1: Right, we've got another quarantine quiz. It's a mixture of rugby and general knowledge and it's the best of five. Jim, you are a couple hundred quid down after the first two weeks and there's another hundred quid going to be donated to the NHS or whoever by whoever loses this week. Are you confident of getting a win this time, Jim?
0: What what more do you want me to say? <laughs> like it's uh <laughs> Was it, I would not take part in the quiz if I didn't feel confident. Mate, I'm very confident. I'm slightly disappointed last week that I called Dave Walder, Dave Waller or Waller or Waddler or something. I can't believe that I forgot his name. But um, I was close last week, but I just got beaten to the buzzer. Get it? Because you yeah. have to shout your name, which is effectively your buzzer.
1: Okay. Johnny May re-signed for Gloucester this week, but how many premiership tries did he score for Leicester? Closest wins.
0: Goody first. See, so I just said Goody.
2: I'm just going to chuck it out there. 20. I've got no idea, but 20 sounds about right.
0: Well, I'm, I'm, I think it's less, so I'm just going to go 19 because that will make me closer. 24. Oh, ho, 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 yes. Um, I meant to know how many points, how many tries Johnny May scored. I ain't bothered.
1: All right. Fastest Buzzer wins. Well, Fastest Buzzer gets to answer the question. What is the capital of Bulgaria?
0: Goody. Yes, Gudi. Sofia. Yes. That's correct. It is Sofia. Correct. I was about to shout Jim, but genuinely, I was just about to fart at the same time, so I couldn't get I couldn't get the name out. The reason I know that is because I went on a cross country tour when I was
2: at school to Sofia. Can you imagine me doing cross country now,
0: mate? It just shows you the difference in class, eh? Goody goes to Bulgaria, goes to Sofia, and I and I went up to Liverpool uh, to a Butlins up there with my school. But there we go.
1: <laughs> All right, so Jim, you've got to get this one right to stay in it. Goody is right. ahead two nil in the best of five. Question number three: Augustin Pichet is. What's, what's the answer?
0: Yeah, keep, keep going for the question, Now You've got to finish it. That's part of it.
1: <laughs> Augustin Pescio is running for World Rugby Chairman, but how many caps did he win for Argentina? Uh, I'm
0: going to say quickly, Goody. You've got to say quickly. I'm going to go 45. It's a tough one. I'm
1: thinking lower, but no, he must have played more. I'm going to go higher. 46. All right, so Goody's gone 46. Jim has gone 45. The correct answer is 71.
2: Yes,
1: get in there.
0: I understated him, mate. Well, I don't mind paying 300 quid to the NHS. Hey, so, I, look, I've lost this one, but give us the other two questions just to see if we we'll would have got
1: them. 549 players from England, Ireland, Wales, and Scotland have represented the British and Irish lines in tests. How many of those were Scottish? Closest wins. Oh,
0: that's a good question. Goody, I can see you know the answer, don't you? Or at least just give an answer and I can go lower. <laughs> It's going to be low, isn't it? 28 Scotsmen have played for the British and Irish Lions. Oh, Surely there's got to be more than 28. There should have been 29 if I, if you added me to that list. Um, I'm going to go... I'm going to give my proper answer what I think as opposed to just going one
1: more than you. I'm going to go 36. And the correct answer is 79.
0: Wow, what a joke. What do you mean?
1: <laughs> what do you mean the
0: joke? Um, I was actually going to go 50, but, um, mate, it should have been 80. should have been 80. Uh, right, hit me with the next question, so I've got that right, so it's 3-1. The final question, who did
1: Matthew Perry play in Friends? Jim. Yes, Jim. Chandler. That's correct. My goodness, I'm smart. <laughs> Jim, you are the NHS, a donation of
2: 300 pounds currently.
0: Mate, that's fine, mate. I'm happy to contribute, and I do deserve to as well off the back of that. Mate, I bet myself that if I don't win a quiz during lockdown, I'll, d- I'll double it.
1: All right, so we go to Jim's favourite feature of the show. Jim, you love introducing this, don't you?
0: Well, I don't. I just want to let the millions know what it is and by giving real clarity on what it is. So effectively, it's a riddle, and it's called Jim will solve it. Um, so we get riddles every week, and I solve it. I think I've only solved one, but I've tried to solve all of them. Riddle me this, riddle me that. <laughs> all
1: right. So hit me. Here's your riddle. What goes in hard comes out soft, and you blow continuously.
0: Back. What goes in hard comes out soft. Uh, what goes in hard comes out soft, and you blow continuously, mate. These are these are f- bloody hard. Get it? Is it something to do with food, like hot food? Mm, food. It could be,
2: could be food. You could classify it as some kind of food. What do you mean? You could
0: classify. Do you know what it is already? I think I know what the answer is. I'm being robbed here. What goes in hard, comes out soft, and you blow continuously? Mate, well, the, well, the, these are impossible to answer. Bread? I blow, yeah, I do that. What goes in hard, comes out snow? No, because bread goes in soft, comes out hard, and if Beck's making it, you need a bloody chainsaw to cut it. Um, Siri, what goes in hard, and comes out hot? <laughs> Give me a clue. You put something in your mouth, and you blow it. Teenagers do it a lot, Cigarettes. Sticky. Chewing gum. Bubble gum. Oh my God. I've solved it. With a little help from my friends. Riddle me this, riddle me that. Jim's just
1: solved it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys want to have a look at the rumour mill? Anything floating around? Oh gosh.
0: Room? Oh God. Let's, mate. It's, it's busy out there. It's busy. Let's be honest, right? Let's be honest. Add this thought and these feelings around the Johnny May situation. And I don't want to bag Lester. At what point have you ever seen, and Tim the Oracle might know this, Andy Rowe definitely won't, Goody, you might well do, tell me a player that has started for England, who is one of the best players, number one picks in their position, in their prime, that then leaves that club.
2: Uh, but it's an interesting one for me. Look at Leicester, Steve Borthwick's come in. Do you think Steve Borthwick has had an impact on you know where he sees the squad moving to, what he wants out of the squad and does he want more money spent on the forward pack than on the back line?
0: The interesting one that, um, I don't know whether started the rise of big numbers being thrown about, but Owen Williams, when he left Leicester to go to Gloucester, I was hearing ridiculous numbers for him. I know that he's, he's not he's not played that much. I was hearing 400 grand or whatever. And look, we can throw these numbers around. Let's just call it a million. But he left Leicester to go to Gloucester. Hasn't played much. Anyway, there's talks of him moving on and going to play, to play in Japan. A few players to Japan. Greg Laidlaw as well. I think we spoke about it last week. He was going to go to Pooh. I don't know whether that's been agreed, but I can imagine Greg, um, aka Darren, heading to Japan as well. There's not many out there though, of course. There's a big one, Jim. Oh,
2: Toby Faletown. Leaving Bath, going back to Wales, going to the
0: Ospreys. Can't see him go away. Well, you can, I suppose. Welsh.
2: There are a few other things around. And what about the boy on social media? What about Quay Cooper and the skills he's pulling out on social media? Absolutely ridiculous. My goodness. I mean, how's he throwing it round his back, over his head? And what? It's just beyond anything for me. I can't even get my arm around my back.
0: Mate, you're speaking to a man who, who has to wipe it. his arse forward, mate. <laughs>
1: We'll get into some social media questions shortly but if you're on the lookout for some more great rugby content, check out our Fans subscription service at patreon.com I caught up with Island Sevens International and Love Island star Greg O'Shea for a chat on there last week and we thought we'd play you a quick clip of that now to give you a little taste of what's on offer. We'll do this two ways, uh, the first point will be best rugby player on the night out the second one will be uh, anyone including, including uh, any Love Island stars if you've got any dirt yeah. on them. <laughs> Uh, the
5: so the best, the best crack on a night out would be Mick McGrath. you here, Mick McGrath. Mick he's a legend in rugby. He's played all your sevens, and he is. If you know, if you played rugby in Ireland, you know what this guy is. He, he doesn't actually play with us anymore, but he is. gas, man, he's like a hundred and ten kegs, like stupidly fast, long hair. Loves the crack, and he's just going kind to of lose his head in the night out. Um, Anyone listening to this he,
1: now, knowing that I don't know who that is, is going to be just like, you arrogant Kiwi.
5: Yeah. Rob Vickerman is a big fan of him. Right. So, uh, yeah, he, he, he's well known for going out and also being an incredible rugby player.
1: Any stories on him?
5: Uh, I'm trying to think of like, there's one, I can't really think of the exact story. Rob Vickerman tells it better. But there's something happened in Hong Kong where... Oh, no, I, I'm not going to be able to tell it properly. Like, But it basically, he got so pissed that he nearly started fighting our own coach. And like it had to be broken up. And it just got seriously heated. <laughs> and there was a guy called uh, Moonlight. He used to play with Canada Sevens. And Jonas song dancing in the moonlight. Yeah. So they're at a huge function. Like the royalty in Monaco are there. Everyone's there. Mick McGrath strolls into the middle of the crowd, pushes everyone out of the way, grabs this guy called Moonlight, who was captain of Sevens at the time, gets his tie and starts singing to the whole crowd going dancing in the <laughs> and starts turning turning like spinning your man around like oh like just things like that he just commands a room and he's just good crack so love that guy uh, who who else would be great crack from Love Island would be I'd have to say Jordan
1: he got himself in some right. trouble on Love Island didn't he Gee he woof. got it
5: that's why he's such a good crack man he doesn't care what people think like he yeah. just does what he wants says what he wants Really wanted a boy, so loyal to lads like. Um, so he, he'd be really good crack.
1: There you go. Just head to patreon.com forward slash a Pod if you like the sound of that and sign up to get loads of extra interviews and features for just a few quid a month. Should we take a look at some social media questions, guys? Oh, God, lads. Right. Curtis Hunter has come flying in and uh, asks what your thoughts are on the Wasps coaching setup.
0: Yeah, I don't know the situation around uh, Walsh and did they go to market look, looking for coaches? Are there many out there? But look, there's no doubt about it without trying to rack my memory too much, but when Lee Blackett was in charge and Dye Young moved on, they put 50, uh, 60, uh, on Saracens. They put in some massive performances and they're the best they've been. And I think when Lee Blackett took over and Di left, it was coincided with uh, Jimmy Gopeth coming back into the team as well and Fekatoa. And they're two huge players for them and we were taking the piss about it, well, I was, and Goody mentioned was a top-four team, and I was like, hang on, they're going to be down in relegation. And you look where they are now, they're in the the top six, so he deserves the job.
2: Yeah, look, listen, Lee Blackett's in a... A fantastic job in the interim role that he's had. We've won three out of the four games and there's been a couple of changes, is not there? You know, Richard Blaze comes in as, as forwards coach, Andy Titterill's leaving at the end of the year. But for Lee Blackett to get the role completely and with the environment we're in now, we've had a run of, I think it was, uh, we lost the first game away at Leicester, which we perhaps could have won. And then uh, we won three games on the spin. So he's, d- he's done really well. Uh, and the issue is when we're at now with uh, what what happened with Dai Young, who was uh, obviously mid-contract, so a financial settlement, I presume, had to be agreed with him and uh, a bit of a payout. Um, so then you go into a market, and if you're looking around the market now for a head coach, uh, director of rugby role um, and you're not seeing someone that you want to invest in fully and that you believe in fully you're not going to go and spend big bucks to get someone when actually you've got someone there lightly Lee and Wasps, you know, they put together a, 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 a sort of a team of people with Lawrence Delalio and Stephen Vaughan and a couple of others that made this decision and looked around who was available and, and canvassed opinions um, and they didn't feel that the right person was there to take over and bring in as director of rugby so um, with the situation we're in now as well with Uh, The lockdown and no games being played and a massive amount of revenue being lost by every club uh, because of the lockdown. It perhaps was the time to say, listen, Lee, we back you 100%. You know, we're going to make you uh, head coach full time. And then perhaps further down the line, we'll look at someone when and if we feel the need to or if someone we actually want becomes available. So, um, you know, there might be further changes, you know, maybe in a year's time. who, Who knows? Uh, But for the time being, Lee Blackett's done a wonderful job and uh, he gets the role and hopefully Wasps can continue on the upward curve.
1: And one last question. Ross McLaughlin has asked, what music have you guys been listening to in lockdown? Mate, have you heard the song, uh, Peppa
0: Pig? If I hear that song again, I'm not even joking. If I hear that again, the TV is going over the back wall. I'm telling you now, mate. What music... Man, I didn't get time to listen to music, mate. i tell you what I did like. Um, time to say goodbye. My head, he can't add a Hee-haw, oh, hee-haw, oh, he, oh, he, oh, he, oh, he. how good was he? On Sunday night, did enjoy that. Man, I like the different genres. Um, mate. I'll go back. I actually went for a 5K run, Goody, the other day. I absolutely dying, mate. And I peeled back to the 1990s and my god. Goodness, was it good. Um, So I listened to a bit of peelback music to the 90s. Goody, get out there, run a 5K. My goodness, I'm in pieces. Yeah,
2: I couldn't run a 5K, Jim. I've
0: got a bad knee. Uh,
2: Physically, I can't do it. My knee would just collapse, so uh, don't nominate me, please.
0: That's what I thought. I was worried about actually putting you in danger by by putting the pressure (laughs) on you to do that 5K run.
2: If I was to choose something, I put a bit on for about 20 seconds the other day just to pick myself up a little bit, and it was... uh, it's a bit of five if you're getting down baby i'm on around baby moving all around baby i want it now baby
0: i want it now baby oh wiggy wiggy i'm getting jiggy what up what up we have got to be very careful because there are rights around music and we are singing it that well um that we might actually get um struck off so apologies apologies to the millions out there that we are that good i, I hope that peppa pig strikes us off could you imagine if that took us down
2: <laughs> Can you imagine if
0: Peppa Pig took down the rugby pod? I don't
2: think that's happening, Jim. I don't think they're going to be worried that me and you are singing their songs.
1: Right, let's finish things off with the good, the bad and the ugly, which is brought to you by Sons again this week, isn't it, Goody?
2: Yeah,
0: it certainly is. How's your routine going, Jim? Well, Sons are very lucky because if they weren't doing the business, as well as shaving the, the beard off and calling myself Rob, the hair would have gone as well. The, the hair would have gone as well. But because Sons have backed up, and the vitamins are going down an absolute storm. I've not shaved it off yet. So, th- Suns, thank you.
2: Yeah, it's interesting. Um, you know, Suns are doing their bit. And uh, I got a message the other day from a premiership rugby player, and I won't name him, but uh, he was asking me if it was safe to use for uh, if you get tested for performance-enhancing drugs. So, uh, it's, it is. To all the players out there listening, to any player or person that's listening, you can take sons, you can take the vitamins you can take the tablets you can take the topical solution and the shampoo and you won't
1: fail a drugs test so uh, get on it help yourself out and sort your hair loss out ladies and gentlemen well hair loss is an issue a lot of men don't talk about but sons are helping to change that and offering a solution they have a range of pharmaceutically licensed and medically proven products for preventing hair loss their free online consultation with specialist physicians takes less than two minutes and delivery takes just a few days they deliver results in 9 out of 10 men and all for a reasonable monthly cost with no hidden costs or charges. So give Boldness the boot and go to suns.co.uk and use the code RugbyPod10 to get your first month for just 10 quid. That's S-O-N-S.co.uk and the code is RugbyPod10, so go and check them out.
2: Yeah, plenty of good this week uh, and it's mainly around people volunteering uh, and raising money for the NHS and things, so um, fantastic stuff. But Jim, we're going to start with our old boss dino dino
0: oh my word Dino! guilty as charged yes
2: <laughs> yeah he's uh dean's been volunteering and helping out uh, northumbria police while he's not coaching newcastle at the moment um he's back on the beat well not quite he's part of the northumbria police and has joined forces with their forces resilience unit i mean imagine dino rocking up at your door So, big shout out to dino yeah what else was good uh jamie roberts Uh, Also on the front line, um, he's using his degree as a doctor, and he's volunteering for the NHS, working for the Cardiff Health Board. So uh, a big shout out to Jamie. What else is good? Oh, I'm going to give a mention to my good friend, Jim Hamilton. Why? What's happened? Yeah, well, uh, as we know, Jim, uh, we mentioned it earlier with my other good friend, uh, Greg Wallace, and... um, we mentioned the Matt Hampson documentary that you've done for Rugby Pass. Uh, I thought it was brilliant, um, and it's great to see people and uh, Rugby Pass put together the documentary, mainly by your good self, Jim. Um, I thought it was a fabulous watch, and um, I encourage our millions of listeners, go on to com have a watch of it. It is inspirational. Anything to do with Hambo always is. So, um, yeah, go and click on it and have a, have a good watch.
0: Thank you. I like your... Um, uh Your T-shirt, yeah, that's a really cool one, yeah, thanks. Yeah, so well done, Jim. Well done, sir.
2: Uh, What else was good? Well, we'll stay in the North East because Concert Rugby Club... I uh, wanted a shout-out. They've won all 22 of their games this season and were gutted that they couldn't finish the last four games of the campaign. Uh, but that's a hell of a season that they've had up in the northeast. so big shout-out to those boys. Some other good. Bradley Matthews of Drifters RFC in Farnham. They've raised, or he has raised, over £3,000 for the NHS by shaving his head. Um, that's pretty good. Uh, and also former Sail Shark Centre, Mark Jennings. Um, he managed to do five marathons in five days. ...in his gym uh, on various pieces of equipment, including the treadmill, the bike, the rower, and the cross trainer, all to raise as much money as possible for the NHS. And there's some unbelievable fundraising going on all over the country, uh, raising as much money as possible for our amazing National Health Service. Keep up the good work, everyone. But the good this week... It goes to Newbold RFC. Do you get it, Jim? Newbold RFC. Uh, They've raised over £30,000 for the NHS after braving the shave and shaving all their lids off. Uh, So a massive congratulations to everyone at Newbold RFC. You are the good this week. Uh, You've raised a hell of a lot of money for the NHS, and uh, it's great to see. But um, do you get it, Jim? Newbold?
0: Mate, Newbold, that's Cocker's old club. Richard Cockrell's old club bold heads i get it i think cocker should shave his eyebrows i think cocker should shave his eyebrows he can't shave his head the bad well here's some news for you people we're breaking with tradition
2: and we're not going to have a bad or an ugly this week uh, because we're a few weeks into lockdown now and we're all about the positivity this week so there's no bad there's no ugly we're staying positive we're keeping the good vibes so we're just going with the good and that was new bold rfc no bad no ugly Just positivity, hey Jim?
0: Yes we are, positivity is the way forward. We jest and we joke on here, but it is all about staying positive.
1: Thanks guys, and you guys have got a few shout outs to finish off with, don't you? Yeah, we have a big shout out to Joe Parlett. Uh,
0: He's an international fan of the pod in Shanghai and he stayed in China during the coronavirus crisis. I was in lockdown for six weeks. His mum and sister should have been there visiting this week, but obviously that's not possible. And He didn't come home for Christmas because their trip was already booked. So he'll be gutted not to see any of his family but a big shout out from us and apparently might put a smile on his face uh so joe from your brother-in-law neil uh hope you are keeping well in shanghai in china Yeah, good stuff,
2: and uh, a big shout-out to Will and Courtney, uh, who have had to postpone their wedding. Uh, It was supposed to be Will's stag do at the weekend. Sod the wedding, we just want to know about the stag do. Uh, But it wasn't to be. Uh, They're both teachers, so they're still working to teach uh, the kids of key workers. So a massive shout-out to them from Ryan and all of us here at the Rugby Pod. Just let us know when the stag do is, uh, because Jim and I, if it's a good one, we would definitely be coming on it, won't we, Jim?
0: Stag, stag, stag. Here we go. Uh, yeah, got another shout out as well to Stevie from his son, Ryan. It was due to be his big 60th birthday celebration this week, and they've had to put them on hold. Uh, but hopefully he has a great day anyway. What we've done with the birthdays and stuff like that is we've just said they're later in the year. That's what we've done. So I don't know. Happy birthday anyway, big 60. It's a good age, and uh, hopefully you do get to celebrate that.
2: Yeah, happy birthday and a big shout out to Stevie. Uh, And we've mentioned some of the things people are doing to raise money for the NHS already. But if you want to say thank you to those working on the front line, there's an agency called Creature uh, who have created the Corona thank you notes. You can go to coronathankyounotes.com and download a load of different thank you notes to various frontline workers in the NHS or delivery drivers or policemen or women uh, or firemen or women, uh, especially the Gerard's Cross crew, and post them on social media or stick them in your window and get the word out there. So check out coronathankyounotes.com if you fancy doing that.
1: Thanks Scooty, thanks Jim, thanks Producer Tim and thank you all for listening as well We really appreciate everyone who subscribes follows us on Twitter and particularly those who leave us a nice review on iTunes and don't forget if you're in need of more great rugby content while you're stuck indoors, check out our Superfans monthly subscription service at patreon.com forward slash the rugby pod Rugby pod, pod pod pod